has seen the unique greatness of satsang. This is the Bhajan Deki Bhotsa Nirari Mehama on page 28. In satsang there are pearls and diamonds, but they are achieved little by little by one who has discovered the greatness of satsang. Only satsang removes all the difficulties. Only satsang saves the drowning. One always remains prosperous. Such is the greatness of satsang. Satsang is the best place of pilgrimage, brother, for those who earn an honest living. One who doesn't work remains empty. All come together in satsang and make your lives successful so that in the end you will not be humiliated. We have seen the unique greatness of satsang. Bhajan of Sanchi on page 28. nirali mehima satsangaki Deki bahut nirali mehima satsang ki Deki bahut nirali mehima satsang ki Satsang mehe moti hire milte par dire dire Satsang mehe moti hire milte par dire dire Jisne ko jnikali mehima satsang ki Deki bhat nirali mehima satsang ki Deki bhat nirali mehima satsang ki Sat sanghi sab sangat tare dubte ko sat sanghi tare sat sanghi sab sangat tare dubte ko sat sanghi tare sararahe kushihali mehima sat sanghi Deki bhavat nirali mehima satsang ki Deki bhavat nirali mehima satsang ki Satsang utam tirat bhai karte hai Satsang utamati ratbhai karate shone kakamai Karamahi Deki bhat nirali mehima satsang ki 
सात संग में सब मिलकर आवो जीवन अपना सफल बनावो सात संग में सब मिलकर आवो जीवन अपना सफल बनावो अंत पीते नहीं ताली मेहमा सात संग की देखी बहुत निराली मेहिमा साथ संग की देखी बहुत निराली मेहिमा साथ संग की We have seen the unique greatness of satsang Our next bhajan is on page 115 Satguru Sona Mera Oh friends my beautiful satguru is Kripal He is merciful on the poor I was separated for so many births and was searching for the dearly beloved May I meet the perfect master so that I may go across <coughs> Now I have got the husband the emperor who takes care of me Oh friends wandering from door to door I became very crazy I did not get any knower of the heart no one heard my plea Oh friends now I have got my beloved the support of my heart the treasure of shabad I did the practices of water performing the austerities and bathed in the places of pilgrimage I worshiped in the temples and holy places but no one shared the pain. O oh, friends, my beloved has come and has put me on the path and makes me see him. Listen, O oh, beloved Kripal, make everyone have the beautiful darshan. The life of a jab is full of bad qualities. Take him across. Oh friends the true saint has come my husband has come and he loves me Oh friends my beautiful satguru is Kripal he is merciful on the poor Bhajan of Sanchi on page 115 Satguru sona medha he kirpal ni sayo Dina de hal ni seyo Sat gur sona mera He kirpal ni seyo Dina Kai janimato vichri sime Labdi pritam pyara Satguru pura mil jai menu Ho jai para utara Kai janimato vichri sime Labdi pritam pyara Satguru pura mil jai menu O jai para 
Tata Nimilagiamahi Mera Nishena Shahi Mera Nimilagiamahi Mera Nishena Shahi Mera Kare Sambalani Sayo Dina de Alani Sayo Satguru Sona Mera He Kirpalani Sayo Nadeha Sayoni me dada dada firke dadi pagalahoi dilada jani koi na milia na suni arjoi sayoni me dada dada firke Dadi Pagala Hoi Dilda Jani Koi Namilia Nasuni Ara Nimilagia Piara Mera Nidili Sahara Mera Nimilagia Piara Mera Nidili Sahara Mera Shabda Bandar Niseo Dina de Hala Niseo Satguru Sona Mera He Kirpalani Seyo Dina Deha Jaladare Oradune Tapke Tata Chiratanaya Shivadwale Te Mandira Puje Kise Naduka Vandaya Jalandare Oradune Tapake Tata Tiratanaya Shivadwale Te Mandira Puje Kise Naduka Vandaya Nimera Mahi Aya Nimehinurasate Paya Nimera Mahi Aya Nimehinurasate Paya Davididar Niseo Dina de Halani Seyo Satguru Sona Meram Ekir Palani Seyo Dina de Halani Seyo
Sonadadishadikavosabanu Sona dardishadikavo sabanu Suna kirpala piyade Eba bardi ajayama di jindari Alavo padakina Nisacha santa Aya ni mehra kanta Aya ni sacha santa Aya ni mehra kanta Aya kare pihar ni seyo Dina dehala ni seyo Satguru sona mera he kirpalani seyo Dina dehalani seyo Satguru sona mera he kirpalani seyo Oh, friends, my beautiful Sadhguru is Kripal. He is merciful on the poor. Okay, we are beginning a week-long meditation retreat celebrating Sanchi's life. All initiates are welcome to attend any of the satsangs and meditation sittings. There are retreat schedules available under the tent and in the book room. Tomorrow, Monday morning, at the 9 a.m. satsang, the initiation instructions will be read. This is a review, not an initiation and is open for those dear ones who have already received initiation on the Santmat path. Those with only sound initiation will be able to join the group for the second half of the instructions. They should arrive at nine and wait at the big house to be ready at a moment's notice. In order to begin promptly at nine, everyone is asked to please allow enough time to arrive and get settled. The reading will be followed by a meditation period that will go to 11 o'clock. On Tuesday afternoon there will be a seva period between 2 and 4 p.m. This will be an opportunity for guests to help with the varied and ongoing maintenance needs of the ashram and to combine physical seva with the spiritual and mental seva of the retreat. Local initiates driving in from outside are asked to please use the school parking lots 
leaving the spaces by the big house for those who most need to park near the hall. few weeks from Master Kripal's great book, Crown of Life. And I want to continue reading today. Last week we read through the section on the sound current and the section, the first part of the section called the cornerstones, which Master says are three. Satguru, Sadachar, and Sadhana. Last week we read the description of the Satguru. And I want to read today um, the second cornerstone, Sadachar, which, as he explains, uh, stands for the good and pure life. And Master is very careful here, just as he was earlier in the book, to differentiate between forcing something on ourselves that we are not ready or able to do, and, you know, being open to understanding that the way the Master works can manifest anywhere, and the more receptive we are, the more like him we become. So, bearing that in mind, um, We'd like to go over this and then uh, read a, a connected piece from the Way of the Saints also. Sadachar. It is, well, he, let me, he concludes the Satguru section. Uh, to, uh, to be able to do this, he who can find such a teacher is blessed indeed, but to discover such a one and be initiated by him is not enough. The germinal spiritual experience that he gives must be nurtured and developed to the point of full spiritual efflorescence. To be able to do this, one must accept whatever one learns and attempt to put it into practice. To know such a man is to love him, and to love him is to follow his commandments. Until one can thus love and obey, and so transform one's life, the gift of the guru remains as a seed locked away in a steel vault where it cannot sprout and grow to fruition. And then he continues, Sadachar, it is the necessity for self-discipline that makes Sadachar the second cornerstone of the pattern. The word Sadachar is not easy to translate. One can find many literal equivalents, but none of them really expresses its extensive and many-sided significance. In brief, it stands for the good and pure life. It does not imply any rigid code or set moral formulae, but suggests purity and simplicity, which radiate from within and spread outwards permeating every action, every word, every thought. 
it is as much concerned with one's personal habits, good and hygienic, as with one's individual and social ethics. And on its ethical side, it is concerned not merely with one's relation with, to one's fellow men, but to all living things. That is, harmony which is the result of recognition that all things are from the same essence, and so a worm is as much a part of Brahman as the mightiest of gods, Indra. The first lesson taught by a true guru is that of the identity of substance. And he who has grasped this truth will discipline his life accordingly. Now, if you think back um, a couple of weeks back, and we read the uh, conclusion of Master's um, chapter on Advaitism, or non-dualism in the same book, uh, it's very interesting to me to see how he ties these things together as he goes on. Because that, of course, the identity of substance is precisely what Shankaracharya taught and what the philosophy of non-dualism is all about. He who has grasped this truth, the truth of the identity of substance, will discipline his life accordingly. He will not be a prey to inordinate desires, and his one aim will be to reach the still point which holds in itself all actions. The point where to have nothing is to possess everything. He will know that the one path to fulfillment is through renunciation, and the one way to reach the Almighty is through freeing himself from all other attachments. In order to arrive at having pleasure in everything, desire to have pleasure in nothing. In order to arrive at possessing everything, desire to possess nothing. In order to arrive at being everything, desire to be nothing. St. John of the Cross. Cleanse the chamber of thy heart that thy beloved may enter. Tulsi Sab. Where there is nothing, there is God. W.B. Yeats. Freed from the demon of desire, come, he will be freed from the demon of wrath, crowed, which follows upon frustration of desire. Liberated from these, he would be freed also from greed, lobe, attachment, mo, and pride, ahankar which are but the extensions of desire. His would be a life of detachment or of nishkam. But detachment would not be for him a life of indifference or of ascetic renunciation. To know all life is to discover a new bond between oneself and the rest of creation. He who knows this cannot be merely indifferent. He must perforce be filled to overflowing with sympathy for all that he confronts. And sympathy toward the whole must imply a certain holy indifference to the part. He will no longer be tied to his own narrow individual interests 
but will share his love and resources with all. He will develop, slowly but surely, something of the compassion of the Buddha and the love of Christ. Nor will he feel himself called upon to leave the world for the solitude of the forest, the mountain, or the desert cave. The detachment must be an inner one, and one who cannot achieve it at home will not achieve it in the forest. He will recognize the great use of occasional retreats from worldly affairs and cares to the silence of solitary meditation and concentration, but he will not seek to escape from life and its responsibilities. He will be a loving husband and a good father, but while being these, he will never forget the ultimate purpose of life, always knowing how to give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's and preserving for God that which is God. <coughs> the way for transcending desire, he will know, is not through repressing it, but meeting it squarely and overcoming it. To him, sannyas is not a matter of outer evasion or escapism, but of inner freedom, an idea that is well expressed by Nanak thus. Let contentment be your earrings and endeavor for the divine and respect for the higher self your wallet and constant meditation on him your ashes. Let preparedness for death be your cloak and let your body be like unto a chaste virgin. Let your master's teachings be your supporting staff. <coughs> All those things are uh, worn by uh, yogis, at least yogis of some orders in India. Um, and there is, if you go to a place like Rishikesh or Hardwar, it is very common to see yogis smeared with ash, wearing earrings, and so forth. The two cardinal virtues that such a man will cultivate will be charity and chastity. He will be large of heart and bounteous, caring more for the sufferings of others than for his own, and easily forgiving those that injure him. He will be simple and restrained in his habits. His wants will be few and easily satisfied for one who has too many desires and too many attachments cannot be pure of heart. For him, chastity will extend even to giving up meat and drink. When all life is one, to live upon the flesh of other living beings would be to defile oneself. And when one's goal is to attain even higher realms of consciousness, to resort to narcotics and intoxicants, is only to court regression. It is not an idiosyncrasy of Indian seers that they should have made abstinence from meat and drink a necessary part of the spiritual discipline. We have similar injunctions in the Quran and the Holy Bible. Thus, in Proverbs 23.20, we find, Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh, and in Romans 14.21, it is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, 
or is made weak. And in 1 Corinthians 6.13, Meats for the belly and belly for meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. In the Essene Gospel of John, and now being published under the title The Essene Gospel of Peace, a direct translation from the Aramaic of the pure original words of Jesus, we have, But they answered him, Whither should we go, Master? For with you are the words of eternal life. Tell us, what are the sins we must shun, that we may never more see disease? Jesus answered, Be it so according to your faith. And he sat down among them, saying, it was said to them of olden time, Honor thy heavenly father and thy earthly mother, and their commandments, that thy days may be long upon the earth. And next was given this commandment, Thou shalt not kill, for life is given to all by God, and that which God has given let not man take away. For I tell you truly from one mother proceeds all that lives upon the earth. Therefore he who kills, kills his brother. And from him will the earthly mother turn away and will pluck from him her quickening breasts. And he will be shunned by her angels and Satan will have his dwelling in his body. And the flesh of slain beasts in his body will become his own tomb. For I tell you truly, he who kills, kills himself, and whosoever eats the flesh of slain beasts, eats of the body of death, and their death will become his death, for the wages of sin is death. Kill not, neither eat the flesh of your innocent prey, lest you become the slaves of Satan, for that is the path of suffering, and it leads unto death. But do the will of God that his angels may serve you on the way of life. Obey, therefore, the words of God. And there he quotes um, actually the first chapter in Genesis, first or second chapter. Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is breath of life, I give every green herb for meat. Also the milk of everything that moveth and that liveth upon each shall be meat for you. Even as the green herb have I given unto them, so I give their milk unto you. <coughs> but flesh and the blood which quickens it shall ye not eat. And Jesus continued, God commanded your forefathers, thou shalt not kill. But their heart was hardened and they killed. Then Moses desired that at least they should not kill human beings. And he suffered them to kill beasts. And then the heart of your forefathers was hardened yet more, and they killed men and beasts likewise. 
But I say to you, kill neither men nor beasts, nor yet the food which goes into your mouth. For if you eat living food, the same will quicken you. But if you kill your food, the dead food will kill you also. For life comes only from life, and from death comes always death. For everything which kills your food kills your bodies also. And everything which kills your bodies kills your souls also. And your bodies become what your foods are, even as your spirits likewise become what your thoughts are. That's the end of the very long quote. The Master continues, With the chastity in food and drink will go another kind of chastity, the one that pertains to sex. One will not suppress all sexual desire, for repression can only breed neurosis and prepare the way for a downfall, but he will be ever seeking to sublimate it. He will understand that nature's purpose in this instinct is to preserve the race and will channel it so as to fulfill that purpose, never making it an end in itself, a source of physical pleasure. For when it becomes that, it turns into a drug that anesthetizes the spirit and begins to defeat nature's purpose of procreation by encouraging the invention and use of contraceptives. In short, the sincere and conscientious aspirant will reorient his entire mode of life in eating and drinking, thinking, acting, feeling, etc. He will gradually weed out of his mind all irrelevant and unhealthy desires until he gradually attains the state of purity and simplicity that marks the child. Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of God. All religious teachers the world over laid great stress on higher moral values, and these in fact constitute the groundwork excuse me, for their teachings. A true master always insists on the maintaining of a record of daily lapses in thought, word, and deed from non-injury, truth, chastity, universal love, and selfless service of all, the five cardinal virtues that pave the way for spirituality. It is only the knowledge of our faults that can make us weed them out and strive in the right direction. Through all this process of reintegration, his inspiration will be the example of his master and the inner experience he gives. His master will life will be a living testament, beckoning toward the ideal of Sadachar and the experience he has of the word within will stand as a proof of the truth of what his master teaches. Sadachar is no dry discipline that can be attained by following certain set formulae. It is a way of life, and in such matters only heart to heart can speak. It is this that makes satsang or association with a true master so important. It not only serves as a constant reminder of the goal before the seeker, 
but through the magic touch of personal contacts, gradually transforms his entire mode of thinking and feeling. As his heart and mind under this benign influence grow gradually purer, his life more fully centers in the divine. In short, as he increasingly realizes in practice the ideal of sadhachar, his thoughts, now scattered and dissipated, will gain equipoise and integration till they arrive at so fine a focus that the veils of inner darkness are burnt to cinders and the inner glory stands revealed. <coughs> and Master continues <coughs> on following that with um, description of sadhana or the spiritual practices which in my opinion is the best brief philosophical and practical explanation of the spiritual practices of Sant Mat ever. And I probably will read that Wednesday morning um, as part of the retreat, although I don't know for sure ever about anything. So I'll say God willing. I want to, there are things in that, that um, thinking about this, and about the way that I have related to some of this stuff over the years. Uh, you know, it's like the Master knows very well when he initiates us, when he takes responsibility for us, when he lets us know that he loves us, that we're going to get some things wrong. And uh, putting it mildly. And I think that it's important to be aware that the way the masters work, I mean, when Kripal wrote in that section that it was a question of, not a question of a set of rigid moral formulae or whatever, uh, he is saying exactly the truth. And if you spend time with the master and you observe how he deals with a lot of different things, then you begin to see how that works out. So with that in mind, uh, this is another take on the same talks about whoops, geez, uh, some of the ethical questions here too. Um, this is from the Way of the Saints. Originally this particular article is called Ends and Means. It was originally published as Circular Number 3 back in 1956. So it was a very early communication that Master Kripal sent out to his very early initiates. It was actually when I came on the path in 57, this was one of the things I was given, and there weren't very many of them at that time. It is very necessary to distinguish clearly the ends from the means. To lay too much stress on the means is likely to make us gradually forget our objective and to become fossilized. Once we know, for example, that abstinence from all kinds of meat diet and spirituous liquors helps us on the spiritual path, it is enough that we avoid them. But to take it as an end in itself is to miss the goal. Offending others because they eat meat 
is worse than meat-eating itself. Hate the sin, but love the sinner. Live and let others live. Welcome those are who choose to come on the way, but we have no right to hate or offend others because they eat meat. Vegetarian diet is essentially a helping factor for those who would prefer to follow the teachings of the Master. Hafiz, a great saint, says, Drink wine, burn the Holy Scriptures, and put Kaaba, the house of God, on fire. You may do all this, but never offend or molest anybody. If you are really anxious to meet God, you should not offend or molest the heart of anybody, which is the dwelling house of God. It may, however, be stated that if one adheres to strict vegetarian diet, that will help a good deal in having normal life, but does not necessarily result in better tempers, controlled sex life, or detachment from gross thoughts, desires, and actions, worldly ambitions, possessiveness, lust, or greed. Kabir says, if you leave hearth and home and retire to a secluded place and live on pure vegetarian diet, even then, the mind does not leave off its base habits. Alongside such essential and positive aids, we must religiously devote regular time to the spiritual practices of contacting the light and sound so as to cut down the ramifications of mind, which is so very necessary for self-realization and God-realization and mold our life accordingly. I would like to add that for the aspirants on the path, it is but necessary that so long as one is in the physical body, vegetarianism should be strictly adhered to. The unholy may be sanctified and made holy only when one is altogether above body consciousness. And relaxation in the matter of diet would not only be a positive hindrance in meditations, but would unnecessarily contract karmic reaction. No doubt there is life principle in all type of diets, yet in the vegetables it is in the lowest form and as such the least harmful. The real goal is to use every means possible to rise into full God consciousness. And I would like to uh, comment on that a bit because it's so easy to forget that. You know, the real goal is to use every means possible to rise into full God consciousness. And I, I, it isn't just satsangis, of course. I've observed this um, not only in myself and people dear, near and dear to me, but it's a, it's a part of being a human these days, is that we do tend, we grab onto something and we start out on it and uh, either it's more difficult than we had allowed for, which is usually the way it's been with me on those things. I tend to bite off more than I can chew very easily. Um, or we get so engrossed in one aspect or another that we um, become involved in that and forget what we're really after. Um, Earlier in the book, The Crown of Life, 
Master is talking about the Ashtang Yoga, the uh, what is often called Raja Yoga in the West, the eightfold system of Patanjali, which is still the kind of the norm for yogic practice in India. And uh, he is saying that is because the path is this particular path, the Ashtang Yoga, is difficult. And because it, you know, each aspect of it is such a thing in itself to master, that it's no wonder, A, that when you um, start out with something and you get involved, then when you do master it, it feels great and you feel like you've accomplished something and generally you feel like, you know, you're very proud of having accomplished that. And then you go on to the next step considerably worse off than you had been before because your ego is a lot bigger. And I, I ran into this. I've told this story a number of times, and um, many of you have probably heard it a number of times. Um, when Judith and I were in India in 1965, our first trip, uh, Master Kripal had held the Unity of Man... Uh, no, excuse me. That was another conference in another year. Uh, what he held in 65 was the Third World Religions Conference, yeah. Because at that time he was president of the World Fellowship of Religions. And he was, in retrospect, I'm sure he saw coming what was coming, you know, in terms of the world. And he labored mightily in India and elsewhere to bring religions together to eliminate all of the particularisms that cause people to hate people who don't share their particular opinion, including as much within a given religion as without it. He almost never appeared on public without at least one Muslim and one Hindu clergyman or Swami by his side. <coughs> um, and, and sometimes many more than one. And uh, he just worked very hard on this. So during that period, he was um, concentrating, working on it from the religious the point of view of the essential unity of religions. Now, after the, the conference was very interesting, and um, um, it was a high for me. I was, well, no, I shouldn't say that I, because I'm getting the two conferences mixed up, and this happens to me all the time. Be between 65 and 74, it was nine years, and that's the period between the Third World Religions Conference and the Unity of Man Conference. Looking back on it, it's like those nine years hardly existed. And what I see is this, this one conference with, with all the things from one mixed up with the other. Anyway. The thing that happened definitely happened on the first one in 1965. And when the <coughs> conference was over, Master had a tea party at Sawan Ashram for all of the delegates. And we were invited because we were technically delegates, although uh, at that time I was working at the Griffin Saw Shop in Franklin, down the road here a bit, pushing hacksaw blades through a tempering f furnace thing. Uh, and when somebody asked me what I did over there, I said I work in a factory. And Judith later wrote, he assumed that Russell owned it. <coughs> uh, so anyway, 
felt a little bit like a phony, but it was my master wanted us there, and you know he took care of us, and uh, so who knows? Anyway, um, at this tea party, there were all the delegates, and there were a great many of them, um, a number from the West, but there were of course hundreds from India, and yogis of all types, swamis, all kinds of colors, robes. Very, if you're interested in that kind of thing, which obviously I was, uh, it's a very, it was an extremely fascinating event. And I had noticed over the over the days of the conference, I had noticed a few yogis in particular who tended to be friends with each other, and also um, seemed quite close to the master. And a couple of them became actually quite active with him, and this. Um, bringing uh, religious people, including sects within religions, together. But there was this one guy that I had noticed for a long time um, during the conference, and he was fascinating to me because he obviously had a great deal of power. And uh, his head was shaved, he was wearing an orange, uh, what do you call it, um, yellow robe. Saffron, that's what they say, saffron. Yeah, I was looking for that. Anyway, uh, and he was, uh, you know, looking around him with a tremendous degree of power in his gaze, and he made me nervous. I was a little bit scared of him. And all of a sudden, we were over some, some ways apart from him. All of a sudden, this eruption occurred, and this guy just explodes into midair, it seems like. Just he's I never seen anybody in such a bad temper as that guy was. All that power was coming out that way at that moment, and it was a scare. Everyone was backing away, including his friends, the yogis that had been with him. I have no idea what he was angry about, but he was something. And I I don't know what is going to happen now. You know, I've been staring at this guy roaring with anger in the middle of an increasingly large empty space and then I see Master coming over he's walking not fast but the way he used to walk which is quite uh, he gets along he he's gets from one place to another quite a bit quicker than you would think he might anyway he was coming up he walked straight up to that guy and he put his arm around his shoulder the guy is still hollering and yelling in Hindi and you know, foam has come out in his mouth. And uh, Master put one arm around him, around his shoulders. He took his other hand and he put it on his face like this. And then he just came down like this, right down his face, down into his chest, down into his waist. And as he did that, you could see the guy's anger just come leaking out. It was like it, it just drained out of it. It was, a, it was like Master pulled a plug. And all of that energy, all that stuff just went out, and the guy was perfectly calm. And Master joked with him a little bit and talked with him and uh, sent him off. And I, you can imagine the effect that that particular, watching that particular thing had on me. And I, I, you know, I puzzled about it. Several things, I mean, obviously, the greatness of the master and his, you know, his mastery of this kind of thing was extremely impressive, <laughs> to say the least. And when everybody else in the whole city of Delhi, basically, was running away from the guy, <coughs> master knew just what to do. 
But it was also, I, I was troubled by the fact that despite that temper loss, I, and actually partly because of it, I knew the guy had a great deal of power. And the next day I, I had an interview with the master and I asked him, I, I said that basically, I watched that guy explode yesterday and um, I had observed him before and it is clear to me that he has a lot of power. So how could he, if he is you know, working on yoga and practicing and obviously working hard and getting somewhere, why is he so susceptible to this kind of rage? And Master said, the last thing that goes is the ego the sense of I-hood, the sense of separate selfness. And whatever power you achieve before you have reached that, there's always a danger that it will be misused into that particular uh, purpose. In other words, if we achieve power before we have fully conquered the ego and gone... Um, you know, gone beyond the physical astral causal planes, etc., then we could easily forget the part for the whole and use the power in the service of what we think is I, namely the, as Master called it, the fake ego, that which then tends to uh, not proclaim the identity of substance, in other words. So I have never forgotten that, obviously, and I it seems to me to explain a lot of things that I have come across, including and especially maybe um, some of the things that have come up between satsangis um, over the years, different things. I'm not thinking of anything in particular, but I know we, we tend to get attached to parts rather than the whole and to just to forget what the whole point is. I mean, that guy, when he started out practicing yoga, probably did not start out with the idea of achieving a temper tantrum that was vacate the city of Delhi. You know, that was probably not his aim. And yet, that's what he did. Because, presumably, he forgot his aim. And the, the, the thing is that, you know, it's like, we talk about sin, and of course, the concept of sin is certainly present in the idea of sadhachar. Um, but we tend to, there's a, there's a tremendous waiting, W-E-I-G-H-T-I-N-G, waiting down with weight, on the, from the, uh, especially from the Christian perspective, although the Islamic Judaic traditions are equally um, prone to this. And that is, uh, is the idea is to think of sin as some kind of, you know, offense toward God, so bad, even though we may never have done it exactly, but because it exists in us, it's so bad that it makes God want to throw us away um, into an eternal hell because he's too holy to let us near him. I mean, something like that I was taught when I was a teenager in an evangelical church, and it's... It's pretty much what is, I mean, a lot of people won't put it like that, but if you think think it through, that's what you're saying. And the masters say something very different, you know. And for that matter, Jesus said something very different because this is nothing that he ever said. And if you look in the New Testament, and again, I've often pointed this out, the word that is translated sin in English 
throughout the New Testament and it is comparable in the Old where a different language is involved, Hebrew, but the concept is the same. The word that is translated sin is hamartia, spelt in English H-A-M-A-R-T-I-A. And hamartia is an archery term. It's a technical term from archery and it means to miss the mark. And that's exactly what it means. You miss the mark. You aim at a target, you shoot, uh, you miss it, what do you do? You know, do you expect the earth to swallow you up because you have offended God? Uh, you pick up your arrow if you can find it and you uh, try again. And that's really what, whenever you come across that concept, um, this is what we're talking about, you know. And the Masters also say, in The Wheel of Life, Master Kripal says that Masters give a very simple definition of sin as forgetting of origin. And he puts in parentheses, Godhead. You know, we do come from God. We are his children, but we are actually part of his essence. Soul is of the essence, is that of God. Kabir said it, and the Masters have quoted it since. Um, forgetting is like forgetting our overall purpose in practicing any path forgetting that which we really want and concentrating instead on something which is not such a major part of it for us or is a means only and not an end in itself all of this is forgetting of origin because if we remembered our origin, if we would remember, all right, I come from God, right? God is my father or mother or both, and I love him or I love her. But more important, he or she loves me because I count because I'm a part of him. I cannot not count because the th part about me that is permanent comes from him and it has to count and he will not rest until every single soul in the universe is drawn back to him and that is the, the underlying truth behind the philosophy of non-dualism and in, in Buddhism they call it the vow of the bodhisattva that the bodhisattva is a Buddha he has achieved Buddhahood but he promises vows not to accept the fruits of that until he has helped every single living soul in the universe go in before him. Which is how I see the masters of this path, by the way, that they are basically bodhisattvas, and they are here because they love us, they give us what we need, and they expect us to make mistakes and to sin. Um, there's one other thing I wanted to mention, sort of different, but you know, it's the whole question of uh, the way the masters work on an individual basis. Because I think one of the first things, when I first began spending time with Kripal, um, and you watch him deal, you know, with many different people, many different situations, um, my acquaintance with him on that level began in the year 1969 when he, he made me editor of Satsandesh magazine. 
and it involved a lot of conferences. I talked with Master most every day for uh, a month, on mostly on the magazine, but he was also interested in the ashram here and uh, other things like that too. And, you know, I observed his reactions to things, the way he dealt with cases that came up, and I observed the same thing with Sanchi over and over and over, that it is a, a matter of always, always, they look to the heart of the thing, excuse me, they look to the heart of the thing and they go by what they see there. And, you know, a person may fail terribly, may absolutely ruin his life, and that isn't going to change. You know, the life is ruined, but the master still loves him. And that's really what counts, because the life that we think we've ruined, that is very ephemeral. I mean, sooner or later, something would have ruined it anyway. You know, if not us, something. And yet what counts, what goes with us, what remains always there, is Master's love for us. And I, I the story that keeps coming into my mind, I will close with this, but... Um, it is often, I've often heard people bring this up to the Master too. Well, if you have to be vegetarian in order to be on the path, what about people who can't be vegetarians? And, you know, Kripal used to respond in a very, he would look at them and he'd say, are you being paid by them? What is it you're after? And they would say, well, like, what about Eskimos? And Master would say, what Eskimos? <laughs> And it would be very inconclusive, the way it would amount to. He never allowed this to become a... a uh, I mean, the point he made at that time was, of course, if you can do it, then you worry about yourself and let me worry about the others. But anyway, I still uh, assumed, along with other people, and, and this has come up many times, that in fact someone who could not do the vegetarian diet physically could not do it, would not be able to get initiated. And there was many years ago, there was a guy who came through here um, who talked to me. He was very much interested in initiation. And he was very, very drawn to Sanchi. And he was very sincere and serious, but he told me, there is no way I can be a vegetarian. I can't do it. He said, my, the way my intestines and stomach is worked up, I can't digest anything except meat. Not even dairy products. It, it doesn't digest right. It just backs up in my body and it won't work. He said, there's no way. If I become initiated, I have to be vegetarian. It means I'll be starving to death. Um, so I want initiation anyway, is basically what he said. And I said, well, I can't do that, you know, I've got to talk to the master about this. And I was pretty sure that, um, you know, he wouldn't get it. And I was in India very shortly after that. I told the guy, I'll talk about it with him when I'm over there. And um, I brought the case up to him. And Sanchi was very thoughtful. And he sat there thinking about it for a while. And he finally said, well, if there's nothing he can do about it, what can we do? Give it to him. And I was really blown away. You know, it, it suddenly occurred to me that there is a difference between the so-called rules, you know, which Master has gone over. They, they matter, they count. You know, we can't break them um, frivolously without some loss. 
probably can't break them anyway without some loss. But the point is that we tend to absolutize all that stuff and to make it um, become a, a huge thing for us. You know, I have erred in this way, I've failed, I have done this, I've done that. And we forget the fact that the Master's love is the primary moving thing. Now that guy did give him the initiation instructions and he went very far within uh, it is in his meditation and he saw the master within which is you know happens has happened a lot but is on the rarish side um, and it was he was extremely far within and I you know thinking about that uh, when questions like this come up I think you don't know you know the master is the master he knows what he's doing he knows how to deal with most people he knows how to deal with some people he knows how to deal with each one of us in the way that is best for us and that works for us and it's a part of the the thing about humility that master talks about that we are able to learn from others um, this kind of thing all right um, I'm going to play the tape. I will be reading the initiation instructions tomorrow morning, God willing. Um, please, only people who have already received the initiation instructions should come in. Um, Non-initiates are welcome at other times during the retreat, but not on this particular time. All right. This is the Delhi March 1995 program. First of all, thanks to God. Almighty Sound and Kirpal who have given us this opportunity to do their devotion and sit in their remembrance. Primero que todo, eh, quiero agradecer a nuestros amados señores todopoderosos Sawan y Kirpal, quienes nos han dado esta oportunidad de estar sentados aquí para hacer su devoción y para hacer y mantener su remembranza. The most important thing in order to become as small as a child is to realize that Nam is the medicine for all the when we go to the masters through their satsangs they make us realize our shortcomings and faults cuando vamos a los satsangs los maestros nos hacen caer en cuenta de nuestras fallas y nuestras faltas Jeevan 
ना माता ना पिता ना कोई इल्म ना कोई हुनर ना कोई हुकूमत ना हुकुम ਸਾਡੇ ਸਾਥ ਨਹੀਂ ਜਾਣਾਗਾ ਅਸੀਂ ਮੁੱਠੀ ਮੀਜ ਕੇ ਜਨਮ ਲੈਨੇ ਆ ਹੱਥ ਫਸਾਰ ਕੇ ਚਲੇ ਜਾਂਦੇ ਆ ਮਹਾਤਮਾ ਜੀ ਮਨ ਕੇ ਆਦਿਸ ਦੈਟ ਥਿਸ ਲਾਈਫ ਇਸ ਨਾਟ ਗੋਇੰਗ ਟੂ ਬੀ ਹੇਅਰ ਫੋਰਐਵਰ ਇਟ ਇਸ ਵੈਰੀ ਸ਼ਾਰਟ ਦਸ ਮਹਾਤਮਾ ਸਿੰਕਲੂਸਿਵੇ ਨੋਸ ਡੀਸਨ ਕੇ ਇਸਤਾ ਵੀਦਾ ਨੋਵਾ ਪਰਮਾਨਿਸਰ ਪਰਾ ਸਿੰਪਰੇ ਸਿਨੋ ਕੇ ਇਸ ਮਸ ਬੀਨ ਕੋਰਤਾ ਐਂਡ ਨਥਿੰਗ ਆਫ ਥਿਸ ਵਰਲਡ ਨੀਦਰ ਦ ਮਦਰ ਨੋਰ ਦ ਫਾਦਰ ਨੋਟ ਈਵਨ ਦ ਸਨ ਆਫ ਦ ਡਾਟਰ ਨੋ ਪਾਵਰ ਨੋ ਵੈਲਥ no knowledge no skill of this world will go with us inada en absoluto ni la madre ni el padre ni los hermanos ni tampoco la riqueza la sabiduría nada de este mundo se irá con nosotros we are born with a closed fist but when we leave this world we go out with stretched fist nacemos con los puños cerrados pero cuando nos vamos de este sitio nos vamos con las manos abiertas ਦੁਨੀਆ ਦਾ ਇਤਿਹਾਸ ਮਹਾਨ ਸ਼ਿਕੰਦਰ ਦਾ ਇਤਿਹਾਸ ਸਾਨੂੰ ਦੱਸਦਾ ਹੈ ਕਿ ਕਿਸ ਤਰ੍ਹਾਂ ਉਹ ਵਿਜੇਤਾ ਹੋ ਕੇ ਸੰਸਾਰ ਦੇ ਵਿੱਚ ਨਿਕਲਿਆ ਜਦ ਉਸ ਦੀ ਮੌਤ ਆਈ ਉਹਦੀ ਮਾਤਾ ਸ਼ਿਮਸ਼ਾਮ ਭੂਮੀ ਵਿੱਚ ਜਾ ਕੇ ਰੋਣ ਲੱਗੀ ਕਿ ਪਿਆਰੇ ਪੁੱਤਰ ਤੂੰ ਅੱਜ ਵੀਰਾਨ ਕਰ ਚੱਲਿਆ ਹੈ ਤੇਰੇ ਜੈਸਾ ਤਾਂ ਸ਼ਿਕੰਦਰ ਕੋਈ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਵਿੱਚ ਨਾ ਹੋਇਆ ਨਾ ਹੋਣਾ ਹੈ ਉਥੇ ਇਹ ਦੱਸਿਆ ਹੈ ਕਿ ਕਬਰਾਂ ਦੇ ਵਿੱਚੋਂ ਆਕਾਸ਼ ਬਾਣੀ ਹੋਈ ਕਿ ਤੂੰ ਅਣਜਾਣ ਹੈ ਤੂੰ ਭੋਲੀ ਹੈ ਇੱਥੇ ਤਾਂ ਲੱਖਾਂ ਸ਼ਿਕੰਦਰ ਵਰਗੇ ਕਬਰਾਂ ਵਿੱਚ ਆ ਗਏ ਆ ਤੂੰ ਦੱਸ ਕਿਹੜੇ ਸ਼ਿਕੰਦਰ ਨੂੰ ਆਵਾਜ਼ ਮਾਰਦੀ ਹੈ ਦ ਹਿਸਟਰੀ ਆਫ ਦ ਵਰਲਡ ਟੈਲਸ ਅਸ ਸਪੈਸ਼ਲੀ ਦ ਹਿਸਟਰੀ ਆਫ ਅਲੈਗਜ਼ਾਂਡਰ ਦ ਗ੍ਰੇਟ ਦੈਟ ਹੀ ਬੀਕੇਮ ਦ ਵਿਨਰ ਆਫ ਥਿਸ ਵਰਲਡ ਬਟ ਵੈਨ ਹੀ ਡਾਈਡ his mother went to the graveyard and started mourning over the grave of alexander saying that you were the mighty warrior and there won't be anyone like you la historia del mundo nos cuenta y sobre todo la historia eh, de alejandro el grande él fue un eh, gran emperador él conquistó muchos sitios él era básicamente el dueño del mundo pero después de que él murió eh, su madre fue a su tumba y ella se lamentaba y decía nadie no habrá ninguna otra persona como tú como tú solo hubo uno she said that neither anyone was born like you and nor there would be anyone like you in the future ya decía nadie como tú ha nacido ni tampoco en el futuro nacerá alguien como tú it is said that at that time from the graveyard this voice came se dice que en ese momento del cementerio surgió una voz which said that many alexanders have come in this world and they have left la voz decía muchos alejandros han venido a este mundo y se han ido which alexander you are mourning for eh a cuál por quién por cuál alejandro te estás lamentando tú jado sant mahatma satsang de jiriye san duniya di asliyat dasde hai jado saada dil sun sun ke narm ho janda hai taiyar ho janda hai phir sanu asliyat dekhan vaste ਅੰਦਰ ਜਾਣ ਦਾ ਸਾਧਨ ਔਰ ਤਰੀਕਾ ਦੱਸਦੇ ਹੈ when through the satsangs masters tell us the reality of this life and after hearing the talks the words of the masters when our heart becomes <coughs> then they prepare us to go within 
and see the reality inside. Cuando los maestros en su satsang nos hablan acerca de la realidad y después de escuchar sus palabras, cuando nuestro corazón se vuelve blando, entonces ellos nos pueden preparar para el viaje interno y para llevarnos a mostrarnos la realidad. कि मेरे बच्चे मेरे बैठे हैं ही ये शब्द इतार नो प्रगट कर अंदर जाके सच्चाई नो खुद देखन No Mahatma ever comes to give us the blind faith. Ningún Mahatma viene jamás para darnos la fe ciega. All the perfect masters wish and they make efforts so that their disciples, their children may go within while the master is still in the body and after going within they may manifest the stream of the Shabbat within and see the reality with their own eyes. Todos los maestros perfectos, eh, todos ellos desean que sus discípulos logren la perfección cuando el maestro está aún en el cuerpo. Ellos desean que los discípulos encuentren y se sumerjan en esta corriente del Shabbat y que ellos eh, también se perfeccionen. Swami Ji ne kya si chota rahe chit se antar shabd mahe tab surt gai asi bahar kyon baithe hain saade andar hao mai hai hankar hai hao mai hankar keda hai ke mai meri itni jaydad hai mai padhya likhya hai mera inna te hukumat chaldi hai mai shayad marn wale ta ho rahi san mai amar hunga shayad ਇਹ ਜਿਨ੍ਹਾਂ ਨਾਲ ਸਾਡੇ ਬਜ਼ੁਰਗ ਇਤਨਾ ਪਿਆਰ ਕਰਦੇ ਸੀ ਜਾਇਦਾਦਾਂ ਨਾਲ ਜਾਂ ਪੁੱਤਰਾਂ ਧੀਆਂ ਨਾਲ ਉਹ ਅਣਜਾਣ ਸਨ ਭੋਲੇ ਸਨ ਜਿਹੜੇ ਛੱਡ ਗਏ ਐ ਸ਼ਾਇਦ ਅਸੀਂ ਇਹਨੂੰ ਸਾਥ ਲੈ ਜਾਵਾਂਗੇ ਇਸ ਵਾਸਤੇ ਜਿੰਨਾ ਚਿਕਰ ਅਸੀਂ ਛੋਟੇ ਨਹੀਂ ਹੁੰਦੇ ਇਹਨਾਂ ਦੇ ਵਿੱਚੋਂ ਮਨ ਨੂੰ ਨਹੀਂ ਕੱਢਦੇਗੇ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਚਿਕਰ ਇਤਨਾ ਸਮਾਨ ਸਾਡੇ ਸਾਥ ਨਹੀਂ ਜਾਂਦਾਗਾ ਔਰ ਉਹ ਰਸਤਾ ਜਿਹੜਾ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਸਭ ਸੰਤਾਂ ਨੇ ਬਿਆਨ ਕੀਤਾ ਹੈ ਕਿ ਬੜਾ ਛੋਟਾ ਹੈ ਬਰੀਕ ਹੈ ਵਾਰ ਤੋਂ ਵੀ ਦਸਵੇਂ ਹਿੱਸੇ ਦਾ ਹੈ ਤੋਂ ਮਨ ਹਾਥੀ ਬਣਿਆ ਖੜਾ ਹੈ ਕਿਸ ਤਰ੍ਹਾਂ ਜਾਵੇ ਸਵਾਮੀ ਜੀ ਮਹਾਰਾਜ ਹੈਡ ਸੈਡ ਦੈਟ ਆਵਰ ਸੂਰਤ ਔਰ ਆਵਰ ਸੋਲ ਗੋਜ਼ ਇਨਟੂ ਦ ਸ਼ਬਦ ਓਨਲੀ ਵੈਨ ਵੀ ਬਿਕਮ ਸਮਾਲ ਇਨ ਆਵਰ ਵਿਦਿਨ ਸਵਾਮੀ ਜੀ ਮਹਾਰਾਜ ਆ ਦਿਚੋ ਕਿ ਨਸਤਰੋ ਸੂਰਤ ਔਰ ਨਸਤਰਾ ਆਲਮਾ ਸੇ ਪੁਏਦੇ unir al sabad únicamente cuando uno se vuelve pequeño por dentro why are we not going within and why we are always outside por qué no vamos internamente y por qué siempre permanecemos por fuera it is because of our egoism esto se debe a nuestro what orgullo. is the egoism qué es el orgullo all what we say that i have this or i have that i have so much property i have so much of wealth i am the only learned, learned one all these thoughts which tells that we are something or i am something all this is egoism que es el orgullo el orgullo son todos es, aquellos pensamientos que tenemos esos pensamientos que dicen eh, yo soy esto yo soy una persona letrada yo tengo mucho dinero yo soy esto yo soy aquello todos eh, todos esos pensamientos que dicen que nosotros somos algo es orgullo we say that we are not the ones who are going to die they were some other people they were the other ones who are going to die but we are not going to die decimos nosotros no vamos a morir los otros eh, las otras personas sí morirán pero nosotros no we don't realize that all the wealth and property which our fathers and forefathers used to possess they did not take it with them but we think that we will be able to take all those things with us so that is why we are so much attached to those things and we always go on counting how much we have 
Nosotros no nos damos cuenta cómo eh, nuestros padres y nuestros abuelos tuvieron eh, tanta riqueza y tantas propiedades. No nos damos cuenta que ellos no se las pudieron llevar, pero nosotros sí pensamos que estas cosas irán con nosotros. So all this is egoism and unless we take out our mind, unless we withdraw our mind from all these things, we cannot go within. De manera que todo esto es orgullo y a menos que desapeguemos nuestra mente de todas estas cosas externas, no podremos ir hacia adentro. Because all the masters have said that the inner path is very small, it is much smaller than the size of the hair. Todos los maestros han dicho que el sendero interno es muy pequeño, muy angosto, es más angosto inclusive que un que un cabello. And we cannot walk on that path carrying all these things which we go on counting that we have this or that. Y no podemos eh, caminar por ese eh, por ese camino eh, cargando todas estas cosas que decimos que nos pertenecen. In order to go within we need to become very small but because of all these things which we count as our very own our mind has become as big as elephant and that is why we cannot go inside. Pero debido a este orgullo que sentimos y a, a este sentido del yo de que estas cosas nos pertenecen, por eso no somos capaces de ir internamente. Nuestra mente se ha vuelto tan grande como un elefante y por eso es muy difícil caminar por este sendero y es muy difícil para nosotros ir hacia adentro. जो लंदन तुझी आज देख दे हूँ एक कोस वक्त ऐसा नहीं सीगा बम्बाने वड़ा नुकसान की ताहोया सीगा जो जैसा पैर साज देखते हूँ ऐसा वो तो नहीं सीगा होर भी इटली वगैरह यावा कई जगह से मैंने जानू मौका मिला सीगा सुपेरे हो हिटलर की ये सोचता सीगा भी मैं अपना भी मुल्क गुलाम बना दूंगा या मैं हार भी जाऊंगा ओदे विच हंकार सी हौमै सी और ओ जिथे कहंदा सीगा जदों भी मैं ओथे चाह पीनी है ओथे ओ जांदा सीगा लेकिन ऐसे आदमियां नु की परमात्मा बुहा खोल सकदा है ड्यूरिंग द सेकंड वर्ल्ड वॉर आई गॉट अपॉर्चुनिटीज टू गो टू मेनी European countries. Durante la Segunda Guerra Mundial tuve la oportunidad de viajar por muchos países europeos. London as you see now was not like that during the war. El Londres que como lo ven ahora no era así durante la guerra. It was ruined by all the bombardments and in the same way Paris also is not was not as you see Paris now. Eh, a Londres eh, le habían caído muchísimas bombas y estaba eh, casi totalmente destruido. París, eh, a París le sucedió exactamente lo mismo, así como es ahora, eh, no se veía así durante la guerra. I went to Italy, to Java and to many other places during the war. Fui a Italia, a Java y a muchos otros sitios durante la guerra. And I saw that how people were killed and how Hitler, <coughs> who was so much full of egoism, because he was on the route, he was killing everyone. Vi cuántas personas habían muerto y también me di cuenta cómo Hitler estaba lleno de orgullo y cómo él estaba matando a personas por todas partes. Do you think that at that time Hitler would have ever thought that he will even make his own country slave of the other countries? Piensan ustedes eh, acaso que Hitler en ese momento hubiera pensado que él iba a convertir en su país en esclavo de otros países? Because he was so determined to win over the whole world that 
whenever he would determine whenever he would decide to have a cup of tea at a certain place he would advance to that place and he would fulfill his desire of having tea over there él tenía tanto deseo de conquistar al mundo él estaba tan lleno de orgullo que por ejemplo si él decidía tomarse una taza de té en algún sitio él mandaba a sus tropas allá hacían los arreglos y él iba y cumplía allí su deseo What was all that? It was nothing but the egoism. ¿Qué era todo eso? No era nada sino orgullo ¿Y piensan ustedes que Dios le, abra, le abrirá su puerta a esas personas que están tan llenas de orgullo? शिकार durante esa guerra obtuve mucha experiencia. I got the opportunity of coming across many great generals, colonels. Tuve la oportunidad de encontrarme con muchos eh, generales y coroneles muy grandiosos. There were many British, many Muslims, many Sikhs and many great officials. Había muchos oficiales eh, ingleses, eh, Sikhs también de otro de otras nacionalidades y personajes muy grandes. Who used to control a great number of soldiers ellos tenían bajo su control un gran número de soldados i saw that all of them they were killed by the bombs and i got the opportunity to do their final rites do their cremation or take care of their funeral yo vi como a todos ellos todos ellos murieron a causa de las bombas yo a mí se me presentó la oportunidad de hacer los ritos finales de estas personas do teen din ho gaye gurmel mere se ko baat kar raha si ga मैं इसन किया कि मैं बड़ा खुश अपनी जिंदगी दे मौत के मुतालक देखा है खुद जिस मोर्चे च मैं बैठा सीगा मेरे साथी मर गए लेकिन की उदो जो साथी चलिया जाए कि बंदे दिल पर असर नहीं हूँ गा फिर मैं दसिया कि गोली आई मेरी सैट छोटी सैट मेरे मोड़िया गोली लंघ गई लेकिन साडा मिलाप नहीं टुटिया फिर मैं दसिया कि तीन आदमी असि खड़े हुए थे सारे तो जो एक मेरे तो पिछे मैं बीच में सी एक अगे पिछले दत्तांच की गोली नंघी मेरे इतो कछ बीज की नंघी ना मेरे चोट आई ना वो आई जो तीसरा आदमी से इतने जाके लगी उसने पानी तक नहीं मंगया हूँ तुम देख लो कि जो इस तरह बंदा देखता है अगर वह इंसानी दिल रखता है छोटा Hace unos cuantos días cuando hablaba con Gurmel, yo le dije que he tenido durante mi vida he tenido eh, varias oportunidades para ver la muerte. In the army during the war, I was carrying the wireless set and a bullet came. It went 
went through my wireless set. En, durante la guerra yo iba con un, eh, una especie de radio para la comunicación y eh, acertó a pasar una bala y le dio a, al instrumento que yo llevaba. Aun cuando atravesó el, el instrumento que yo usaba, sin embargo nuestra comunicación eh, permaneció yo vi como mis propios amigos eh, se fueron como ellos murieron durante la guerra no se sentiría uno triste o deprimido cuando ve que sus amigos mueren frente, ahí al frente de los ojos de uno once we were three people and the bullet came and it went through the legs of one person and it went through my arm and it went and hit the back of the head of the third person he, and he died there instantly. En una ocasión nos dispararon y la bala le atravesó a la pierna del señor que iba frente a mí, luego atravesó su pierna, atravesó mi brazo y le dio en la parte de atrás de la cabeza al tercer hombre que estaba, a la persona que estaba detrás de mí y él murió. De manera que si tenemos esta, si vemos estas cosas con nuestros propios ojos, si tenemos un corazón humano, no sentiremos eh, que tenemos que ser pequeños. The experiences which I have had in the army when I was there was like a source for me, was an inspiration for me to become small and humble. Las experiencias que tuve durante And our closing bhajan is uh, Sanchi's bhajan Teri Soja Kare Kirpal on page 124. Kirpal worries for you. Why do you worry? He is the all-owner of the whole world. He is merciful to the poor. Accept devotion, no worry works, even if you think a million times. My Lord makes the high from the low. He listens to everyone's voice. Giving up me, me, do thee, thee. The protector protects you. In the court of the Lord is the support of the master. The mighty calm moves back. He always protects those who are clean and true within. Reducing the gallows to a pinprick, he cuts the trap of attachment and maya. Oh, benefactor, master, I thank you a million times. After coming, you have taken care of Ajayb. Kirpal worries for you. Why do you worry? A bhajan of Sanchi's on page 124. <laughs> Teri socha kare kirpala, socha kyon karda, kul malik o sare jagda, 
कुल मालिक हो सारे जगदा ओहे दीन दयाल सोच क्यों करदा तेरी सोच करे किरपाल सोच क्यों करदा तेरी सोच करे किरपाल सोच क्यों करदा बिन बंदगी कुछ सोच न चल दी बिन बंदगी कुछ सोच न चल दी भावे सोच लाए लखवार सोच क्यों करदा तेरी सोच करे किरपाल सोच क्यों करदा तेरी सोच करे किरपाल सोच क्यों करदा नीचों ऊंच करे मेरा गोविंद नीचों ऊंच करे मेरा गोविंद ओ सुन दे सब दी पुकार सोच क्यों करदा तेरी सोच करे किरपाल सोच क्यों करदा तेरी सोच करे किरपाल सोच क्यों करदा मैं मैं चढ़ के तू तू कर ले मैं मैं चढ़ के तू तू कर ले तेरी रखिया करे प्रतिपाल सोच क्यों करदा तेरी सोच करे किरपाल सोच क्यों करदा तेरी सोच करे किरपाल सोच क्यों करदा विच दरगा दे गुरु दा सहारा विच दरगा दे गुरु दा सहारा पीछे हाथ जाए काल कराल सोच क्यों करदा तेरी सोच करे किरपाल सोच क्यों करदा तेरी सोच करे किरपाल सोच क्यों करदा अंदर साफ जीना दे साचे अंदर साफ जीना दे साचे ओ हरदम कर द संभाल सोच क्यों करदा तेरी सोच करे किरपाल सोच क्यों करदा तेरी सोच करे किरपाल सोच क्यों करदा सुली दी फिर सुल बनावे 
सुलिदिफेर सुल बनावे मोमयद कतद जंजाल सोच क्यों करेरी सोच करे किरपाल सोच क्यों करेरी सोच करे किरपाल सोच क्यों कर लक शुकरान गुरु मेहरबान लक शुकरान गुरु मेहरबान लिया के जाए बसंबाल सोच क्यों तेरी सोच करे किरपाल सोच क्यों करदा तेरी सोच करे किरपाल सोच क्यों करपाल वरीज फॉर यू वाई डू यू वरी ही इज द ऑल ओनर ऑफ द होल वर्ल्ड ही इज मर्सिफुल टू द पुअर एक्सेप्ट डिवोशन नो वरी वर्कस इवन इफ यू थिंक अ मिलियन टाइम्स मे गॉड कंटिन्यू टू ब्लेस अस ऑल